cassettes, if you know what that is, back in the cassette days. They'd send me cassettes of preaching, and that's all you'd get out in the middle of the ocean. You didn't have radio stations. You didn't have none of this other stuff. You, you had to import it somehow, and the only way I could import it, I had a little bitty Walkman uh, with earphones, and I'd crawl in my bed at nighttime, and I'd throw a tape in, and I'd, I'd listen to it over and over again. I mean, I'd listen to messages one right after the other just time and time again. That's all you had, and uh, you found a way to feed yourself. Take your Bibles. And I'm going to go across a couple things tonight. I'm going to stick with the Holy Spirit for a while uh, because the Holy Spirit is the Lord. I mean, he is the Lord God Almighty. And what's wrong with us is we, we miss this thing. You will serve God. I, I, how can I word this without hurting people's feelings? Uh, I really don't care whether I hurt your feelings or not. But, hey, I, I really think you serve God because you want to serve God because you know God and you know the God you're serving. If I have to make a way for you to serve God, you are not serving God. You're serving me. Now, nobody ever asked me for 43 years to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I did it because I wanted to. I found him. I noticed what he said. I would sit in a pew, be perfectly happy with sitting in a pew, just like I'm perfectly happy behind a pulpit. Don't really care. I'm happy in a ditch. I'm happy on a ship in the middle of the ocean. I'm happy with Jesus. I like that thing, man. Uh, that, that song, tell, uh, I love to tell the story. If you don't love to tell the story, there's something wrong with your walk with Jesus Christ. If, I'm sitting here today, and uh, I didn't think much about it until Brother Rich came in. And one of the guys out here working on the uh, thing, I, I dug a ditch. I got here uh, late last night after, after they all left. And we trenched across there, and I'm putting a water line in from the church over the building so we can get water for the, for the trailers coming in. But uh, in the process of doing that, I started, started witnessing, preaching at one of the guys out there, an older guy. And, uh, and he came up with all kinds of reasons why, uh, why I got And he goes, he goes, and the last thing he said, and you know what really I hate more than anything else is, is, is I have to worship him. I said, brother, I said, and he's lost, guy's lost. I said, here's the deal. I said, if you just think it's worship, you hadn't even started yet. I said, it's gratitude. It's thankfulness. It's, you wait till you get to heaven and you realize what the other side of this thing was. And this side, I got to be on this side. And when you die, I said, I don't care. I said, you look at professors. You want to go out and let, go to Bible college? Go to Bible college all day long. I'll tell you to go to Bible. I'll get you two or three of them. I can send you two right now. You'll get a good Bible education. But if that's all you have is a Bible education, you have nothing. What you have is some knowledge in your head. And some people are able to maneuver that stuff around and word it in. And some people can write sermons and some people can, they're great orators and all this stuff. That don't make them godly at all, at all, zero. That just makes them smart. And you know what the typical person does? They see somebody, oh, he knows. Now, I'll tell you what. I think Dr. Rutman was full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. There ain't a doubt in my mind. Yeah. That guy, when you started getting around him, uh, he was totally different. I met probably two or three preachers in my life like that. I've seen a lot of preachers who were able to shuck the corn. But when it come to that right there, there was something totally different about Dr. Peter S. Ruckman than almost anybody I met. And what I studied in Bible college for three years wasn't Genesis, which I did study Genesis, and it wasn't Romans, which I studied Dr. Ruckman. I watched him. I had an old preacher one time tell me, a little bit older preacher, uh, we was talking. He goes, Mike, he said, you've been watching preachers. I said, yeah, I've been watching a whole bunch of them. And I said, I sit there and look at them and I dissect them, not to, to ridicule anything about them. I'm trying to figure out 
the source of what they're doing. And uh, can somebody let that guy in? There's somebody out there. I don't. I said, I'm trying to figure out this thing called Christianity. And the person out there today I was talking to, he, he, he basically said, well, if Christianity is this and this, and I said, here, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 let's back this thing up. Christianity is Jesus Christ and a walk with the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And I said, if you do not have that walk, now guess what? I don't have, I told him, I said, it's not that I'm going to tell you do's and don'ts. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You can do this, you can do this, don't do this, don't do this. It has nothing to do with any of that. What it has to do with is what would the Lord do? What would the Lord, and who is going to teach you what the Lord is going to do? It's the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have a, a realization that the Holy Spirit, like Brother Tom mentioned a second ago, uh, he goes into the jails, and I know exactly what he's talking about, uh, just like I was talking to the guy today. Now, the reason I'm saying all this, so I'm talking to Brother Rich here a few minutes ago, and he goes, man, he had a bad day. I'm like, he did? And he starts going off on his bad day, how bad it was. And I'm like, I know exactly what that was now. I said, he's getting smoted, man. He's getting tore to pieces. Because he, he was sitting there dealing with some things, and, and he stopped that backhoe for a while. And we talked for about 10 or 15 minutes. And, uh, and while he was back on that backhoe, we was talking back and forth. And I could see that what every, every, every block, roadblock he put up, I tore down. And I didn't tear him down with my brilliance. I tore him down with Jesus Christ. I said, you got God sitting there in eternity. And I said, and he, he talked about, well, I can't believe you're telling me if you go to the, these, the darkest jungles out there and, and, and they've never heard of God and, and they die and they go to hell. I said, yeah, pretty much that's what I'm telling you. I said, no, let me ask you a question. I said, let's talk about Noah's ark here a second. He goes, okay, I know the story. I said, God had the door open. He goes, yep. I said, did he tell Noah to build the ark? Yep. I said, did uh, Noah for... 70, 80 years, however long it took him to build the ark. Uh, did, did Noah tell everybody? Did everybody out there know that one day it was going to rain? Yep. I said, did, was the door open uh, for anybody to walk on? He goes, yep. I said, was, was, it, was it God's fault that everybody died or was it their fault? And he just did not want to say it. I said, no, no, come on, man. let's back this thing up. Let's take it right down to the story. See, what we do is we read doctrine. I know doctrine. Do you ever read the stories? It's your fault. It is not God's fault. It never was God's fault. It's your fault. Your lack of love for Jesus Christ is your fault. It's not God's fault. Now you say, man, he's mad at me. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm telling you, if you're going to get through this world, you'll get through this world as a, as a flimsy little fishy little Christian going out having all the fun you want to have in the world because that's what you think. Young people, this is for you. You say, how do you know that? Because I did it. And I'm telling you that's exactly what you did. And then you could say this. Well, you did it. Why can't we? Then waste your life. Go on and waste it. I'm telling you, on the other side of this thing, there's so much more that you, I can't, you can't even put numbers to it. You can't put words to it. How in the world? It is more than worship. It isn't blind worship when you get to heaven. You're just going to be down there and go, oh, like this. No, like, like the Muslims do. It isn't that. You're going to be standing there in front of Jesus Christ, and you're going to look at him, and you're going to know what he did. And on the background of all that, you're going to see everything that he gave you for free. Didn't cost you a dime. And then you're going to look back and say, man, I just wasted it. You know what? I've been doing this for 43 years. I feel like I've wasted 43 years. That's what I feel like. 
I feel like I've wasted for there is so much more I could have done that I didn't. And I've been doing this for 43 years. People say, well, but you win souls. Winning souls is not it. If the Holy Spirit doesn't win that soul, you didn't do anything. All you did is convince somebody to say something. The Holy Spirit has got to get into that. You say, why are you saying it? Because I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I like talking about the Holy Spirit. I think he's a good person to talk about. Uh, you know what I realized with the Holy Spirit? You got to change. And the reason why we have a lack of, of, I love to tell the story. The reason we don't have songs like that today is because we don't really love to tell the story. We want to go and just, you got to trust Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. That's not loving to tell the story. You know what loving to tell the story is? You're going to tell it about what's happened to you. What I told this guy, I, I, that young man I gave a Bible to, uh, I, I dropped a Bible off, I think Monday or Tuesday, Monday I believe, and I was sitting there and I, I sent him a note and said, hey man, if you have any questions, call me. I said, you got my phone number, you got everything. I said, the Bible, I left it at the door. He sent me back a note and he said, thank you. He said, that thing will be cherished. Amen. Do you cherish your Bible? Here's a young man probably lost, maybe just got saved. I thought back and said, man, I said, Lord, I remember when I first realized that book was the word of God. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I said, he goes, who, who do you think taught you that? I said, the Holy Spirit. It isn't Bible knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. Charity edifieth. Knowledge is, is dangerous if you don't know how to disperse it. Uh, just because you go to Bible college don't mean you're going to come out a preacher. Don't mean you're going to come out an evangelist. I mean, Brother Dave, I, can, I use Brother Dave as a perfect example. I use me as a perfect example. Uh, the most likely, unlikely person to ever be used. I mean, he comes right out of jail. I come right off the streets, and you go, I go in the Navy, and I'm down the road somewhere, and you say, how does God do, do that? He chooses who he wants, and he's looking at the heart of a person to say, does that person want me, or does that person want notoriety, and I can do this, and I can do this, and I'm smarter than so if that's, if that's the attitude, that's the wrong attitude. God puts in place who he wants to put in place, and that's it. Anybody else, it'll fail. I don't, like, I don't like to lose. So you know how you keep from losing? You put the Jesus Christ right dead center. You know how you keep Jesus in the center? You get the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm not talking about speaking in tongues and healing. I'm not talking about none of that. I'm talking about real, realistically is putting him in your life. And the only way you're going to get him in your life is to get the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is a real live person. He is real. He is real. I can't put it any other way. He's real as you can get. Uh, we can do stuff and it'll look good. And we can have a ministry and it'll look good. But the, if the ministry is built, the, Bob Jones Sr. always said, uh, uh, it's a man, a movement, a man, a movement, a monument, or a machine and a monument. It should have never, it should have never been about the man. It should have been about Jesus Christ. If the man is Jesus Christ, it'll never get to one of the other ones. If it's about me, if Anchor Baptist Church is about me, then, then it, a man, a, and, and God uses a man. I got that. And I'm not saying he doesn't. But beyond that, man has to be Jesus Christ. That's what I've seen with uh, Dr. Peter S. Ruckman. I've never seen Dr. Peter S. Ruckman 
set himself up above Jesus Christ. You say, well, most yeah, they do because of their notoriety and their positions and they, they want to be placed someplace. It's a danger to be in a position like this. Money is dangerous because once you get it, you don't know what quite to do with it. And then all of a sudden you start getting everything that you thought you were, you were missing out of your, you never missed it before. Well, all of a sudden now you miss it. Well, but I never had this, and I never had that, and I never had this, and I never had that, and I had this. And it, what money will do is all of a sudden it will get you tied into things that you never want to be tied in. So anyways, the Holy Spirit is a person. He, he possesses certain personal characteristics. I talked about this. He has the power to love. He has power. He has uh, capacity for love, grief, intelligence, knowledge, willpower. He can be resisted. He can be lied to, and he can be grieved. Uh, and, brethren, we do that very, very well. We are very, very trained. Uh, yeah, let me make sure I'm on the right page. Uh, open, let's see, let me, let me go. One, putting words in there. I'm trying to figure out where to start this at. Uh, go, go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. I don't have that in my notes, but that's probably the greatest place. That's where I started with the the gentleman today, I told him about that, and I said, look, uh, if, you can, if you can talk about somebody who's building a uni built a universe and he placed it in front of you, uh, I thank God he let me become an electronic technician because by becoming an electronic technician, I had to get down to where I understood what an atom was, uh, whether it was platinum, gold, silver, whatever used as conductors, uh, you'll have th those conductors. Is that front door open? Because there's people still like it. Unlock one of them front doors. I don't, I don't really like them doors being locked. Anyways, uh, if you, if, believe me, if somebody comes in here and shoots everybody up, those who get shot, you'll go to heaven if you're saved. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. Other than that, you'll go to heaven. Don't worry about it. Uh, church will still be on Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> I don't, brethren, I'm telling you what. You know why the old, old story is so sweet? I did something for my daughter today. And uh, Beth told her that, uh, uh, that I, I, I had said, and I had said this, uh, and I said uh, that I would li I'd like to do stuff for my kids while I'm still alive, because one of these days I'll be dead. And she goes, don't worry. She said, well, I'll go up at the same time, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So we're going to send her a bill for what we did today, because if she doesn't care about us doing that, then we'll just send her a bill and make her pay for it. Uh, but, but I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a blessing is that the answer to my daughter, my daughter gave me back, or the statement she gave me back is we're all going to go up. So my daughter believes that she's going to go up in the rapture too. Now, I know a lot of people got kids that they don't know that. Now, that is a blessing, man. That is a blessing. Uh, you know what the value of that is? Is for 43 years, you try to serve Jesus Christ the best you can. But in the process of serving him, you have to figure this thing out called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, Genesis 1, says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He told you right off the bat what was going on when it came to the Holy Spirit. The, he said, let us go to Hebrews chapter 1. This isn't even part of the message yet, but I'll stop. I'll stop on time. I'll stop. I promise. You ever read your Bible and the Lord shows you a couple things and all of a sudden you realize really who showed it to you? And then, then you get it 
And I'm, I'm going through a couple of things right now. Genesis, or Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. These are, these are basic things for me. For me, it's basic. God who is sundry times and in divers manners. Uh, wait a minute. God who is sundry times and in diver manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he also, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Uh, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. So he said that Jesus Christ made everything. Go to John, John chapter 1, verse 1. But I'm, like, I'm like Brother Tom, man. You start talking. If you want to know if the Holy Spirit's in what you're doing, all of a sudden you'll start saying things that just pop in your mind one right after the other. And the way the, the Holy Spirit knows which way the conversation is going to go with who, whoever you're talking to. He already knows that. And he doesn't want you going there with a preset this. I like going into jail. If I go to jail or talking to anybody, I mean just starting out at ground zeros. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, as in two things. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Christ gets all the credit for making everything that's been made. But when it's spoken to being, the Lord speaks it and the Holy Spirit does it. So the thing is created out there. The three has, the Holy Spirit's got so much stuff going on that it has done. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He told you right at the beginning that if you don't, if just knowing about God the Father. I was born and raised Roman Catholic, man, I'm telling you. Just knowing about the Trinity, people have a problem with the Trinity. You know why? Because you have to deal with all three, and you have to understand, rightly dividing, where those three fit in your life. And right now in the church age, where we're sitting, he has given you a comforter to get you through this thing. And if you negate that comforter, what you're going to do is you're going to start applying the law to you and everybody around you. Because you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. But if you develop a relationship with him, you're going to realize I've got to learn about him. And I've got to figure out what it takes to get him in my life. And I've got to figure out what it takes. And that's not speaking in tongues. That's gibberish. That's not going around trying to heal people. That's lying. That's deception. If you get him in your life, you'll love to tell the story. It'll change your life. The Holy Spirit is there. People are... Well, that's what I told the guy today. I said, if, if I said, he was talking about the Bible, you can have, you can be a Greek scholar, which if you are, I, I'm, I feel sorry for you. Uh, you can be a Hebrew scholar. If you are, I really feel sorry for you too. Uh, Joe was brilliant. Joe went through Bible college and never took Greek and Hebrew. Then he goes to another Bible college and gets his degree. That's a smart move. <laughs> I should have done the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I gained absolutely nothing by going through Greek and Hebrew because the more you get, I told that gentleman today, I said, here's the deal. You go to college. Guess what? Colleges are always teaching and learning. And there's more knowledge coming out all the time, and they're always learning and learning. So they never come to the, the, the knowledge of anything. So you're always learning from somebody who's learning who can't ever tell you anything. I told him, I said, not one of those professors could bring me back from the dead. I said, I know a man who can and I said, as a matter of fact, he's already brought me back from the dead. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. You see, the stuff will just start coming out. 
And if, and if, it's, if it doesn't come out, then I'm going to warn you that you probably have an issue with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is not guiding and directing you. You're going on your own intuition, your own knowledge. And, brother, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's, it's somebody's eternity in the balances. It's not yours. If you're already saved, it's not yours. It's somebody else's eternity in the balances. You may or may not be the one to lead them to the Lord. That shouldn't bother us at all. To be used in the process is a blessing that God in his infinite wisdom and mercy and grace would look down on this planet and even begin to use any one of us to get the word of God into somebody else's lap. But to do that, you got to have a relationship. Believe me, I'm telling you, I, I know exactly what this thing says. And I know what the Holy Spirit is saying. You either do it my way or I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to make you do nothing. I'll just go back over here and I'll sit in the corner somewhere until you get the thing where it needs to be. And I may talk to you and I may not. And then you'll be out there floundering, trying to do something for somebody. And, he, and, and, and because of them, he may allow you to do something. But brethren, man, it's sweet to have him in your life. You ever wondered why the Philadelphia church age is no longer the Philadelphia church age? It's because we're doing everything by knowledge now where they did it by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. We don't even do that. We go to church thinking, well, I've learned in church to do this, and I learned if, if I wear skirts. I tell you what, that makes me puke when somebody says skirts. Now, I don't have a problem with a lady in a skirt. But if that's your definition of what a Christian woman is, you got the wrong definition. Now, I, I remember Steve, long, 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 long time ago. There was a young girl he brought to church. And uh, I think it, but Beth and Amy, did y'all have to go out and get her? No, no, but she wouldn't come out of the car. Oh. Yeah, and they had to bring her in. And, I mean, she had a skirt, like, right up to here. It looked like it was right up to there. It may have been, but it wasn't too far from up to there. And he sits her on the front row right there. And I'm thinking, I'm preaching to these people over here the whole time. Because you can't look over there like this. <laughs> that young lady came to church lost. And she sit through an entire service lost. And she left probably lost. But she sit there. I know churches that would run her off. Hey, man, look the other way. You know what I told Steve? I said, Steve, look, I don't care what they come in wearing. Second, third row back. <laughs> Put a pew in between them. He goes, oh, I never even thought about it. I'm like, sure, because you're sitting on the front row too. I said, you're not looking in that direction. Think about the preacher. Think about what you're doing. Brethren, what we do is we leave the Holy Spirit. That girl was scared to walk into a church. Because she was afraid of what was going to happen. She didn't know. She had no idea. And the first thing somebody does is they get under the law and says, well, you don't have the correct clothes on. Well, brethren, if that's what we're going to do, then we're in the wrong business. I mean, if we, if we, you know, he sees what you do. Now, who sees that? The Holy Spirit. Let's go on, man. I, I can sit here all night, man, and just talk about him. Because I, 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 over 43 years, I've watched what he's done. And he does what he wants to do it his way. And I've watched people mess that thing up. You know you can mess somebody else's ministry up just like that because of stupidity, hardness of heart. I had, I had a chick track rack on a mess deck, and I, I couldn't keep a thousand men would go by that rack every day on a, on a ship, on a United States Navy ship. That's almost impossible. That was the only ship in the Navy like that. 400 ships in the United States Navy. One ship had a track rack on it. That was God. That had nothing to do with it. That had the Holy Spirit. What we wanted to do is see some people get saved. 
One guy walked in and had to pass out Wise Mary crying, or the death cookie. And that took that track rack off the Mestex. One stupid idiot had to show his superior Christianity and never considered what he was handing out. Now, brethren, you're sitting here with this thing in your hand. Do you ever consider what you're saying when you say it? That is a sword, a double-edged sword, sharper than any two-edged sword. This thing can cut and slice and dice and tear all kinds of people up. You ever consider what you do with it? The Spirit of God is the one you want. I can't, I can't do that. Number one, the Holy Spirit has willpower, has power. I already said that. The Holy Spirit has intelligence. Go to Nehemiah 9. Well, I, I think I already looked. Uh, he, gave, he says, thou gave us also thy good spirit uh, to instruct them. So the Holy Spirit teaches. David, David's great example. All the way through, read your stories. You know why you read your Bible over and over again and over and over again and over and over again and over and over again? It isn't to get sick. Uh, uh, I think Brother Rich said, I've read my whole Bible all the way. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, maybe I didn't read Chronicles. I'm like, brother, I'm with you on the Chronicles thing. I said, that thing hurts. Chronic, first Chronicles, especially the first nine or 10 chapters, that hurts. It's just names. And, and I told him, I said, brother, I can't, I, th- I said, I can't believe any woman would name their kid that. They're starting to do that today. I'm like, where did you get that name at? What's wrong with Mike or Bill or, or Kevin or Susan or Sally? What's wrong with those names? I, it's got to be this hukamachi. I mean, some name out there somewhere. It's, it's like, where did you even get that at, man? Did you just like take the alphabet and throw it out there and whatever kind of fell on the floor? That's where you come with that name. But that's what First Chronicles is like. But you know what you do? You read First Chronicles. And what you do is you let the Holy Spirit start guiding and directing you through that thing. And pretty soon you'll start reading a story. And you'll come up to Jehu. And I mentioned this maybe Sunday. I, don't, I, I know I couldn't because I didn't preach Sunday. I might have glanced over it or I might have mentioned somebody else. You got Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Rehoboam is Solomon's son. Jeroboam is a guy that's out there. And he had a prophet come to him. And the prophet, while he was out there, he took his garment off, ripped it into 12, gave him 10, and said, you're going to get 10 tribes. That's the hand of God walking up to a man, telling him exactly what to do, what's going to happen to him, and it happened. Here's Rehoboam. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, he loses 12 tribes. He gets all mad. He gets him an army, and he's getting ready to go and, and beat up Jeroboam and get everything back. The Lord sends a prophet to him. And the prophet says, don't go, it's of the Lord. Rehoboam stops, backs up, and doesn't do it. He listens. Jeroboam now is afraid that everybody's going to go back. Instead of serving God the right way, he's afraid everybody's going to go back. And in the process of serving God the right way, well, wait a second. If the Lord gave you 10 tribes, don't you think he's able to keep those 10 tribes under you? So he gives you the 10 tribes, and now you try to figure out how you're going to keep them. So you put two golden calves up, which practically destroyed the nation of Israel. He had a face-to-face contact with a prophet that was from God that told him, why didn't he go back to that prophet? See, this is how I think. Why didn't you go back to the prophet and said, hey, what do I do here? Because that's what David did his whole life. Lord, what should I do? Should I go up against the Philistines? Do you ever read your Bible? He tells you how to do it. 
and we see it and we just think it's a book that you just read, you just throw it out there. This ain't a book. If all you want is a preaching sermon, I could give you 10 other churches to go to and you can get a preaching sermon. If that's what you're looking for. I'm looking for people who want to serve our Lord and Savior. That's, you, have, you have an opportunity to go out into this world and get around some people that I'll never have that opportunity to do. You couldn't have got on a ship where I was at if you, had, if you, you couldn't pay to get on that ship. It took me almost six years to get to, it took me four, four before I was trained enough where I could walk on a U.S. Navy vessel and, and serve there. And to get into those spaces, you didn't, I'd have to, you'd have to have the clearances to get in those spaces that I was in. You would be, you just couldn't do it. You could not just walk on that vessel and do it. I can't walk into where you're at and do what you're doing. I can't get around the people you're doing. So you know what you got to do? You got to depend on the Holy Spirit. These guys, all the way through your Bible, when I'm getting through this time through, and I, last time, but I've seen this all the way through, I'm getting it over and over again. Lord, we're in such a hurry to get a ministry. We're in such a hurry to do what we, we got to, that's what happened to my class. 44 people joined the class down there to go to Bible college. It was God's will. You know how many people say it's God's will? And they haven't got a clue what God's will is. 44 people said it's God's will that we come to Bible college. 11 graduated. In three years, we lost 33 people. Where'd they go? I got to go out and serve God because the Lord's coming back. Well, I graduated in 1994, and that's almost been 30 years, and he hadn't come back yet. You know what the Lord says? Be still and know that I'm God. Calm down. Abraham sits up on the side of the mountain, just chilling out in a tent, doing absolutely He's not street preaching. He's not out passing out gospel tracts. He's not down in, in Sodom and Gomorrah trying to win them. He's up on the side of a mountain, chilling out. Sarah's doing everything she's supposed to be, barefoot and unpregnant in the, in the kitchen. And, 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 and he's sitting there, not, not just minding his own business. Cool as the breeze comes through. Woo. And then the Lord shows up. So who did the Lord show up to? Did he go down to the city where he could have had a ministry? No. He went to somebody to talk to him. There's a relationship there. He wanted to talk to Abraham. I got to talk to Abraham. There's no difference between us and Abraham. The Lord will talk to you all day long. And the Lord will direct you, just like I was talking to that guy today. I, it had nothing to do with me, but when Rich, Brother Rich started telling me what was going on, all of a sudden he just started dinging in my mind. I'm like, oh man, he must have been under, under the thumb, man. <laughs> I said he, after I left, I mean, I bet you the Holy Spirit was all over him. It was, had nothing to do with me. But I told him the old, old story. And I told him about heaven and hell. And I told him, you could do whatever you want to do your whole life. And I told him like a friend. But this is what it is. Brethren, if we don't get the Holy Spirit into that, then what we're doing means nothing at all. It, it won't have an effect. All we're doing is we're saying words. And the whole purpose of this thing, our life... Our lives are to serve. What know ye not that you're bought with a price? You are no longer yours. The day you got saved, somehow we got this thought in our mind, I can do whatever. No, you can't do whatever you want. There is all kinds of things in your life you may say, I want to do, but if they're not in line with what God wants for you, then you're going the wrong direction. You can do whatever you want, but the question is, now the question is, if you're going to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, why in the world would you want to do what you want to do right now? That's the old man. 
they, that, I think Brother Chris talked about that, uh, uh, the, the flesh, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's what you're battling. You're battling three, t- three of those groups a day. That's what you're battling. My, I want this. 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 Slow down. Back up. I want, I want the Lord. Well, when you say that, what you're asking is the Holy Spirit to walk in your life. That, that's the only way you're going to get that. There is no other way. There's no other way. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifies. There's no other way to get that. This is something most people don't. They don't want to hear this. But you're going to hear it anyways. I don't really care. If you do not get him active in your life, you do not have a Christian walk. What you have is a saved life that's going through this world, choosing to do, and you may make some great decisions. Based on some things you read, read and, and you go through, you may say, I make some good decisions based on that. But the best, why would he say the good, the perfect, and the, what are the, the good, perfect, and the acceptable. acceptable, yeah. The acceptable, the good, and the perfect will of God. Why would there be three? I don't want the acceptable. I'm sorry. I just don't want to be, I, I like to be accepted in the beloved. Got that? But I don't want to just be... I don't want to be a lukewarm. I don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. I really don't want to be in the Laodicean church age. Amen. I want to be in the Philadelphia church age, but the Philadelphia church age is already gone. And I want to be. I want to be in the Philadelphia church, or I want to be a Philadelphia Christian. And the only way to do that is get a hold of him. The Holy Spirit has knowledge. First Corinthians, two eleven and twelve. Let's read a couple of verses. If we don't do nothing else, at least you can say we read some verses. Brother, I'm not mad at anybody. Don't even think I'm mad. I just choose to serve Jesus Christ. That's what I want to do. That's how I want to go. That's how I want to die. Uh, what anybody else does, I'm learning. I'm learning. You got to let people do whatever they want to do. You can't stop them. But you can warn them. You can tell them that there's a better way. A, there's a much better way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, uh, 2, 11. Wait a minute. 1 Corinthians 2.11. 1 Corinthians 2.11. It's Solomon. You guys are like, don't you want to see people get saved? Don't you like to watch people squirm? I like to watch him squirm, man. I like to see him squirm like all over the place. Why? Because I know it's not me making him squirm. Well, don't you, has the Holy Spirit ever gotten your life and made you squirm? I mean, he's gotten my life a couple times, just made me squirm all over the place. Uh, <laughs> Second, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12 says this. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. So you have a spirit inside of you that's going to tell you what you're doing once it's there. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Uh, that uh, we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. So you have to get that thing. And so he has power. He has knowledge. Uh, he has uh, he has a capacity for love. Uh, we love him because he first loved us. How does that how does that work to us? Uh, the love of the Spirit is mentioned all through your Bible. It says uh, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and the love of the Spirit. Romans five five says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So he he gives the love, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. The peace comes from him. When when you don't have peace, there's something between you and him. How could Paul and Silas sit in a prison cell in the, in, in a, I mean, back then, brethren, you're talking about a prison cell. That's a prison cell. 
in stocks and bonds. On, I did that one time in a jail, man. Jailer came back here and thought I was getting killed. Because I got down on the ground and tried to illustrate how they were sitting there. And, and here's Paul and Silas, and at midnight, at midnight, they're still praising God, having a good time. In a jail cell, in stocks and bonds. And the place shakes, and the doors fall off. Now, I've never had that happen, man. I wish it would. <laughs> that would probably freak me out. But, and then the jailer walks in and says, sir, what must I do to be saved? I'm like, man, that's good. You know what that was? Those two guys had God all over them. It wasn't, see, we always say that. We say, he's got God all over him. It is God. It's God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is in that person's life. And it's evident that the Spirit of God, or he's not. We can all look good. You can put suits and ties on. You can, ladies, you can wear dresses. You can do whatever you want. I think if you come to church, you ought to look the best you possibly could look for Jesus Christ. Whatever that is. I've had people in this t- city say, if you go to my church, you got to wear a suit and tie. Well, I'm kind of looking around the crowd here, and you guys all backslidden or something. Because I don't see, I mean, I'm just starting right here on this side, and I don't get five rows back, man. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Travis. I mean, you're helping me out back there. Jonathan, you're helping me out. I don't ever make, I never make nobody wear a suit and tie. I wear, you know why I wear a suit and tie? Because I was driving down the word road one day and the Holy Spirit said, go get three suits and three ties. And I said, no. I ain't wearing no stinking suit. I'm a sailor, man. I ain't going to. I ain't got enough room on the ship anyway. Go get three. I didn't get two red lights before I pulled in and got three suits. Do you ever listen to what he says? He, has a, he never told me, well, Mike, if you go get three suits, then one day you'll leave the ship. And as you're leaving the ship, you'll walk off the ship and you'll see that they'll all of a sudden know you're going to church. He never said none of that stuff. I didn't know that till the day I walked up here with a suit and tie on. Every other time I leave the ship, nobody said nothing. Where are you going? Bible in the arm. Man, I could have tracks, chick tracks all over the place. Where are you going? They just think you're going out in town like everybody else. You ought to look a little different than what this world looks. I think you ought to. If you're going to do something for him in front of somebody, you ought to look a little bit different than everybody else. However, comma, I leave the ship the first time with a Bible under my arm and a suit and tie on and go to a quarter day. He said, Pity Elliot, request permission to go ashore. And they said, Where are you going, Elliot? To church? Now, how would I know that that's what, because the, the Holy Spirit knows that. And what you do is you listen. Why would they call us the God squad on the ship? Because we're telling everybody about Jesus all the time. And they see it, man. I'm telling you what, I've watched the Lord do some of the strangest things over 43 years. And you see the Holy Spirit. I've seen the times when he wasn't there. And I tell you what, I would prefer he's there more than him not being there. He has power. He has the capacity for love. He can be, go to Ephesians 4.30. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll do this one one more and I'll stop. Ephesians 4.30. Actually, uh, go back to 26. 4.26. It says, be, be angry and sin not. That's a rough one. But you can do it. Uh, Brother Dave did a great job the other day out on the streets. Uh, he was angry. He didn't sin. I thought it was good, man. I'm just glad he didn't punch that poor motorcycle guy in the face. He said, be angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. You know what you do? You stop and calm down and say, hey, man. I said, let's get that thing right. 
If you did get mad, just let's get under the blood and move on and learn how to apologize and care. Uh, neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, stole steal no more, but rather uh, let him labor. That means like get a job. Not the book of Job, the job and work. Working with his own hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. So you know the reason why you work? Man, I'm telling you what, if you don't get the Holy Spirit in this thing, you'll never understand that thing. What's well, to buy this and to buy that and to have this? He's going to talk about money again. No, you know what you learn how to do? You learn how to give like he gave. Once you start learning, how do you learn that? The Holy Spirit gives you the grace to do that. Uh, let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth. You ever been bitter at somebody and your friends, if ever all your friends know about it? Man, I do that. I've done that before. Wrong, just wrong. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not. So it's, you can do this. You can do this. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Why? Because he's the comforter. He's the one that's going to come. Take your Bibles, go to, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. And I'll stop right here. This is, this is true. This is really where I'm going to stop. Acts, Acts chapter 5. This shows you a Laodicean Christian in Acts chapter 5. This is how easy it is to grieve the Holy Spirit. It's easy. It's a piece of cake. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, kept back part of the price, uh, his wife also being privy to it, and brought uh, a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. There's nothing wrong with that, actually. Uh, the problem is the deception. They made it look like they gave everything. That's where the deception came in. Peter said unto Ananias, why has, has Satan filled my heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Why didn't you just say, hey, and to keep back part of the price of the land. You could have went up to Peter and said, hey, Peter, man, I got $10. I'm giving you five. I'm going to keep five for myself. Now Peter then may say, well, you're out of will of God, man. You ought to give him the whole thing. Now the conversation could go on a different way. But he comes in and gives the impression that I've done this. You know what that is? That's, uh, that's somebody trying to reason in their mind, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't, I mean, I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that, I've done this, I've done, I can't, I, I'm, Lord, I can't do what... That's what that is. You know how you get over that thing? You open your wallet up and you just put everything in your wallet in the thing. You say, well, that's stupid. Maybe it is. It's worked for me. I've, I did it. I remember times I'd walk into church and just throw everything I got in a wallet. Not even look at it. Let not your, see, take things out of context. Let not your right hand know what the left hand's doing or your left hand, right hand know what your left hand's doing. You just dump it, man. You dump it. And here, 43 years later, I'm still here. And 43 years later, my daughter says the rapture is going to happen and we're all going to go up at the same time. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a blessing, man. I said, what a blessing. She thinks we're actually going to get raptured. I remember a day when I was lost on a ship all by myself. Not lost, but I mean, I was alone and didn't think I'd ever have anything. Now I've got kids and they all think they're going to heaven. They all think the rapture is going to happen. They all think that one of these days the Lord's going to come back and we're all going to go back at the same time. However, if she does want me to buy a house with a swim pool, in-ground swim pool, I think there's some motive behind that. Uh, grandkids need a place to swim and stuff, and, and grandpas and grandmas are supposed to do that. I haven't done that one yet. But you can grieve him. That means that you can, you can do things 
that we can, we can possibly, and it says quench not. So there's a difference between quenching and grieving, but you can grieve. You know what they're doing here? They're grieving. Peter's telling them. He says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart? To lie to the Holy Ghost. He can be lied to. We think that he doesn't see. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. He's present all over the place. There's no way you can hide anything from him. He's just like God. All three of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they're all the same. They have the same attributes. He knows every single thing you're doing and I'm doing. Believe me, he knows it. You know what you got to do? You said, oh, God, why do I think like that? Why do I, you know, here's, here's how I pray. I said, Lord, you know I want to serve you. I really do. I said, you, you know my heart. Why am I this way? Silence on the net. Boy, wouldn't it be good if you just send this pill down here, you take the bill and all the sin go away? All desire goes away? I mean, wouldn't it be great, man, if he just, but it don't. Oh, it hasn't in my life. If it does yours, please come and tell me how you do it. Because uh, I haven't ever figured out after 43 years how to do it. You know what I figured out? Is the Lord, you see it and you see my thoughts and you know my heart and you know my desire. And I said, and this is what I want. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to er eradicate that stuff. And the Holy Spirit goes, yep, but yeah, you, you, there's a reason why it's there. Because way back here somewhere, you did this, this, and this, and that stuff never goes away. He goes, and it's like them, a, pre a preacher one time talked about a little boy. Uh, every time the little boy did something wrong, there was a post on the front porch, and he'd drive a nail in the post, and pretty soon there's nails everywhere. And the little kid finally got the message that, hey, you know, this doesn't really look too good on my part. He goes, how do I get rid of them? Well, every time he decided to do something good, I'll take them out. So the kid started doing everything good. He took all the nails out. All the nails were gone, but the holes were still there. That's the problem. Your holes are still there. you got to learn how to deal with those. A lot, you know how the Holy Spirit does? The peace of God, the passive, it's under the blood. He knows once you get, uh, man, you know how sweet it is to trust Jesus Christ? Boy, the devil will come up and say, yeah, but you did, you did, yeah, but the Lord forgave me. And I know it's there. And Lord, I know you're there. And I know if you wanted to kill me right now, you could. Ananias is lying. It isn't just Ananias who lied. Uh, verse 5, Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost because he never repented. He could have repented probably. He just didn't. This is the storyline. Uh, and the young men arose, verse 6, uh, verse 7, and it was about uh, the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what was done, and the Holy Spirit allowed exactly what was being done, done. And he was testing both of them, and, he, and uh, verse 8, and Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she lied to him. Now, Peter, being full of the Holy Ghost, caught that. That early church seen some things, and, and the, we don't have necessarily all that today. But, man, brethren, we have the ability. Do you understand? We're sitting here saying, well, the devil's this, and our country's falling apart. And it's all a mess, and everything's just terrible. And we have within our fingers what it takes. I like that. I'll tell you what, that, that story uh, in his steps is, is, is always stuck with me. Because that preacher was sitting there preaching. When that guy died right in front of him, that changed that man's life. And he got a hold of a couple, three or four people in the church, and their lives started changing, and they had an effect on the city, and a revival broke out, and, it, it, and there's nothing hindering that today except us. You say, Mike, why are you pushing all this? Well, I was in E.T. one time. 
And I, I told you all the same story. I'll tell you over again. I went into a place and I had to do all the work. And I realized I can't do all the work. That's what you're here for. And if you never get that, this church will go absolutely nowhere. You are the ones that are supposed to do the work, not me. I can work with you. I cannot do all the work. If you expect me to do all the soul winning, ain't going to happen. If you expect me, unless you're going to come and do all the work around the church. If you're going to go street preaching and you're going to do this and you're going to, if you expect that, you're in the wrong place. And you, you got a, a, a strange a misunderstanding what the Holy Spirit is in your life. He's given you the ability to do that. Brother Dave is in evangelism. You know why he's in evangelism? Because the Lord put him in that. You know why he goes from church to church to church to church to church to help him? You ought to ask him, and I'm, I'm just going to throw you ought to ask him, and I'm sure he'll tell you that. He walked into some churches, and it's just like deader than a doornail. Why is that? He goes in there trying to help them. Why is that? Because somewhere down the road, somebody has all, we preach about the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach about God the Father. We preach about the Old Testament and the New Testament. But with the emphasis on the Holy Spirit, we're afraid to touch that area. I think it's more because, and we'll, we're looking for excuses. Well, but it's the, the charismatics. I don't know. I don't think it's that. I think it's, we're going to have to, everything we do is going to have to come in the light of God. And the Holy Spirit is going to have to come in the limelight of what the Lord wants in our lives. You know why missionaries aren't being called right now? In a church's size, some of you guys ought to want to be missionaries or evangelists. I don't think evangelists, I think the Lord has to put you, he has to call you into all of that. But you know what the problem is? Is we're doing everything but that. And we've let the world. Brother Gibb said it. He said it right down the line, which is true. We have, have traded the Lord's bullseye for the devil's bullseye. And we have traded what the Lord has said do work for fun. And we think life is about fun. And you can have fun. I've had fun for 43 years. Amen. You may look at me and say, well, that don't look like that's too much fun to me. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you think the world's fun, I've dealt with a lot of people that's went in that world. By the time they got old, they look wore out trying to keep that fun, that fun, that the bullseye's up there. That fun is the wrong fun. It's always been the wrong fun. But the devil will sit there and say, oh, go on. It's just, it's just time will fly away. I've been doing this for 43 years. 43 is gone. Gone. I can still remember the night I got saved. I can remember when Fritz Peter sat, showed me the King James Bible, the Word of God. And it wasn't Fritz showing me that. It was the Lord. The Lord showed me that. I can remember when I was driving down the road and the car filled up with smoke. I don't know if it really filled up. It just seemed like it did. It was like the temple. You know, I'm driving down the temple of my car. And I'm driving down uh, going 80, I think, going across into Pennsylvania. And, and it's just like the inside of that car filled up. And maybe that's what is in Pennsylvania, the area over there. I'm not sure. Maybe that's what that was. I don't, but I'm telling you, man, I had to tell the Lord. I said, stop, man. I'm going to blow up. I mean, me and him was having a great conversation going across the country. Me and my car and just him, and I'm headed to the USS Scott for the first time, and I'm like, Lord, and I still don't have my Bible yet. Fritz is on the Scott. I'm getting ready to head to my Bible. And the Lord's going to show me, Mike, I'm going to show you what the Bible is. When I say the Lord, that was the Holy Spirit doing that. 
and, and sitting in the chief's mess, when I said I felt that finger behind, that's the Holy Spirit doing that. Every single thing in your life when it comes to God is the Holy Spirit. And, and brethren, it's, it's, it's a joyful thing to serve God. And we, we, our churches are not saying that because we're afraid we're going to lose people because you tell them that and they're going to go somewhere else. So there's fun somewhere else. Well, if fun's what you're looking for, then you're not looking to serve God anyways. But if you're looking to serve God, then there's a couple little pointers you need to know. And if I have to make you do anything, then God's not in it. If I have to set the program up, you know what's wrong with all the churches out there? I say they got program after program after program after program. They work people to death. If I have to work you, if you don't have a desire in your heart to do something for God, you know why you should, I, I push the Bible college. Dr. Peacock's got a great one. So you can get more Bible in you, more Bible in you, more Bible in you. But just getting more Bible in isn't enough. But if you won't even do that, what, what, I didn't go to Bible college to become a preacher. You can say, well, that's true. I can tell. <laughs> I went to Bible college to learn more about the Bible. I took three years of my life to learn about the Bible. I figured if this is the greatest book in the whole wide world, and this book is what God gave me, shouldn't I learn something about this in this life? You know what the Holy Spirit said? Yeah, but you're a rock. I said, yeah, you're right, I'm a rock. I said, I, and, and I, I don't know how much I learned coming out of school. You know what I learned? He put me under a man that loved God. And I watched that guy, and I watched him, and I watched him cry. And I watched him pain over, there was a guy came into the back of the church one time making all kinds of noise. He's outside preaching at the church. And me and about three or four, a couple of Dr. Roman's sons and me and a couple of other guys were going to go out there. We're going to beat him up, man, on a Sunday morning. That's a good Christian thing to do, isn't it? Doc comes out here and says, guys, uh, quit, quit. I'm like, what? I'm like, I was expecting you to say, go get him, sick him, boys. He goes, stop. I said, why? He goes, well, he has just as much right over there as we do. We go street preaching, don't we? I said, well, yeah, we do. And he goes, why can't he street preach at us? And then I'm thinking about Simeon chewing David out as he's leaving uh, the town. I said, that's what that is. That's somebody, that's somebody who maybe the Lord allowed to do that to humble somebody else. And Dr. Roman just took it like it, was, like it wasn't even, didn't even let it bother him. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what a blessing it is that you let me be around a guy like that to watch him respond to a couple things a different way. You know what I'm still learning in life? How to respond to things. And I will learn. I'm learning. I'm learning. It's, it's tough to learn how to respond. But the only way you're ever going to do that is get in your Bible and read your Bible and get the Holy Spirit in your life. The number one thing is to understand that he's there. The number two thing is that he sees everything you do. This is no joke. This is, it, I told that guy today, I said, you know what's interesting? I said, one of these days, I said, I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you think. I said, you're going to get to heaven. You're going to stand before God. And he's going to look at you. And he's going to say, you remember that day you were out there doing that uh, driveway for the Anchor Baptist Church? And Mike sat there and told you about heaven and hell. And he didn't, he didn't make hell look like it was a pleasant place to be. But he made heaven look like it was a great place and that it was free to get there. And he told you everything he could about me. He's just telling the old, old story. He's like, he really loved to tell that story. And I was hoping that a guy would get something and that he would get saved. 
because he's lost and he's on his way to hell. And unless he finds Jesus Christ somehow in this life, he will die and go to a devil's hell for all eternity. Does that bother any of us? Or does our life just, we just go on and, and we learn the things about God so we can raise our little Christian families and everything else. Do you care about lost people? That is an indication that the Spirit of God is in your life. Because you'll see what Jesus, Jesus wept. Brethren, what do you do? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, thank you for a Bible that has the stories all through it. Lord, you gave uh, story after story where men knew exactly what to do. Uh, Lord, uh, we could go to doctors, but are we praying about, would, should we go, are we looking for the peace before we do it? Uh, Lord, you can guide and direct our steps right to a doctor that can do the work, or you could do it yourself. It doesn't really matter. Lord, you can do it either way. But there's cases in the Bible where men went to physicians before they went to you, and Lord, you got mad at them. Uh, Lord, uh, I like Naaman. Naaman's a, a great man, Lord. He came to uh, the city, came to Israel to look for a cure for leprosy, Lord. And you sent him out to Elijah, and Elijah didn't even talk to him. But Gehazi said, go dip in the, the river seven times, and he got mad and left. And then his gracious servant said, uh, if you went to one of the cities in our country, or he told you to do something great, would you have done it? And you did. He goes back and he dips. Seven times, Lord, I imagine the first six, Lord, he probably was scared. But the seventh, Lord, he come up clean. And, Lord, his life was changed, and he went back and, and thanked the prophet for what, what you had done. Uh, Lord, you can do so much stuff in our lives, and, Lord, you can, we can have an effect. Lord, that's what we're here for, Lord. It's not here to build a church. It's not here to, to raise families, Lord. Those are all things we're doing, uh, Lord, and thank you for all those. But, Lord, we're here uh, to get the, the gospel out. And to tell people about you, Lord, and tell them that door is still open. And, Lord, there's still a chance for them to get in. And, Lord, the only way we're ever going to get any, any work done is to get the Spirit of God moving. And I want, Lord, I want the Holy Spirit on our church. I want it uh, on the doors as you come into place. I want it on the pews. Uh, Lord, I want to get the wicked and the evil stuff out of here. Lord, we're all, the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners, uh, Lord, but uh, we just need to be honest with ourselves and honest with you. Uh, Lord, I do pray for that man out there that we was talking to, Lord, that you would uh, open his eyes and continue to open his eyes, that he would get saved, that young man who got the Bible. Lord, and there's other people that uh, in, in the church here talking to the people also, Lord, and I just pray for those. Lord, that you'd touch them, and Lord, uh, Lord, that you'd use us. Lord, show us how serious this is. And Father, we'll praise you not only in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Brother Joe.